This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. ...of soybeans to China. Half is for delivery in the 2019-20 marketing year and the other half in the following year. United States President Donald Trump says he could impose new tariffs on China despite the Phase 1 trade agreement. Amid the global COVID-19 pandemic, Trump is accusing China of not meeting its obligations set out in Phase 1. The International Grain Council cut its forecast for global soybean production by 0.5% in its monthly report on Thursday. The IGC is projecting 364 million tonnes of soybeans for 2020-21. The IGC is also lowering its forecast for global wheat production by a half point to 764 million tonnes. The Council is increasing its projection for global corn production by 1 million tonnes to now 1.16 billion tonnes. Rotting off prices at the Chicago Board of Trade, soybean futures are lower Friday morning. The July soybean contract is down seven cents at eight forty-eight and a half per bushel. July soy oil is down a half cent at twenty-six point one zero U.S. cents per pound. July soy meal is down sixty cents at two ninety-four fifty per hundredweight. Corn futures are lower Friday morning, with the July contract down three cents at three seventeen per bushel. Chicago oats are steady, with the July contract up a half cent at 284 and a half. Wheat futures are lower Friday morning. Chicago July is down six and a half at 523. Kansas City July is down three and a half at 484 and a half, and Minneapolis July is down three at 512 and a half. That's a look at the ice futures and the Chicago markets for Friday morning, May 1st. For Markets Farm in Winnipeg, I'm Glenn Halleck. Spring is here, and the drive is on for savings. Get up and running today during New Holland's Spring Drive sales event from Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John. Find great deals and special savings featuring 0% financing and cashback offers on New Holland tractors, from compacts to high-horsepower models and everything in between. Save on select New Holland hay tools, too. Call Butler Farm Equipment at 250-785-1800 today, because just like spring, Spring Drive savings won't last long. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Welcome to a very special episode of Moose Talks. Usually we have two guests, one after the other, but today we're going to do a bit of a business roundtable. We're calling it Local Businesses in the Time of Pandemic, and it's going to be for both segments of the show. So we're joined now by our three guests today, starting with Cheryl Montgomery, the Executive Director of the Fort St. John and District Chamber of Commerce. How's it going today, Cheryl? it's great this is my queen (laughs) and of course you know brian kirshner from the lido who's already decided to interrupt somebody else how's it going brian and then uh we have shelly gallinger the co-owner of the home hardware building center how's it going shelly good how are you guys all doing 
doing very well. Thank you. Well, we'll start with you, Cheryl. Of course, you're the executive director of the uh, Fort St. John and District Chamber of Commerce. We're talking about businesses today and how they're coping with the pandemic and closures, changes of services. Anybody can hear me or not? uh, Getting uh, supports from uh, the uh, federal and provincial governments. How are you? What are the? What's kind of the feedback you're hearing from your members, Cheryl? Uh, How are people? How are businesses coping in general in this time? You know, um, I'm really impressed with our businesses locally, uh, how innovative they're being and how much they are stepping up in terms of wanting to find solutions about how they can carry on. I don't see anybody just rolling over and taking what's happening. Um, Restaurants are trying to find innovative ways to keep operating and delivering their goods. Uh, A lot of the retailers are finding ways to be innovative online. They'll leave things on the doorstep. They're going online to sell their products. Overall, I have a lot of interaction with businesses that lose. What can we do to carry on? What can we do to stay relevant and part of the marketplace and to keep money flowing into their business so that they're not, you know, ending up having to close their doors? So I think it's a reflection of how eager these businesses are to keep going and to survive this. I'm, I'm impressed. Absolutely. Now, there's different types of businesses around town. Some are large, for example, chain restaurants. Uh, Some are local and locally owned and maybe, um, in theory, would have a tougher time weathering this because they're not part of a gigantic corporation that can maybe, uh, you know, find ways to deal with this a little differently. Local small businesses, uh, how are they handling this? And is there a lot of concern among some of them? that uh, they might have to shut their doors before the economy reopens. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think that that's a fear for everybody. I mean, the Chamber of Commerce may be a nonprofit, but we're still a business. And we're also losing our revenue in terms of events uh, and memberships who now, now no longer can afford to pay their membership fees. So uh, we wholeheartedly feel the pain that businesses are going through. Um, so... You know, we don't want to gloss over ways that they're being really innovative because there is a a factor of fear. So, you know, they do have their cash flow impacted. Yes, there are relief and uh, programs that are coming to help provide resources to uh, businesses. But, you know, is it going to be enough in the long run? And I think it's the unknown of how long that time frame is. How long do you keep going? And how much more debt do you take on as a business long-term without knowing the end game here? You know, it's one thing to try and uh, make your business survive for a month or two months, but what if this goes on six months? Do they carry on and continue to build debt load uh, in face of that? So we wholeheartedly feel the pain that businesses are going through right now and trying desperately to do whatever we can to assist them to make good choices financially and personally. You know, there's a real mental health issue here as well, the emotional strain that a lot of businesses are under at this time. Absolutely. I can imagine as a business owner, not only are you dealing with, you know, the strain of having to be at home, not being able to go out, but you're also running the business, right? You've got that kind of additional level. Uh, So uh, I can imagine that's very stressful. Um, I wanted to talk to... uh, And business owners, sorry, sorry to interrupt. And business owners, 
and business owners that have that pressure of employees, you know, they want to keep their employees working. Mm -hmm. You know, they have the livelihoods of a lot of people on their back and every business owner is trying to do their best for everybody, not just for them and not just for their business, but for their, you know, for their own business community and the community at large. So, you know, Absolutely. I want to turn now to you, Brian. Uh, you, of course, own the Lido Theater. Um, you had to close completely. I don't remember the date, but I it's just been lost sound. Uh, well over a month. Um, Brian, what have you been doing, given that your doors have been shut? You, As far as I know, you've had no revenue coming in. You haven't been able to do really anything to kind of, you know, keep businesses, business moving, correct? Oh, it looks like uh, we don't have Brian's microphone on at the moment. So maybe uh, we'll we'll talk to you, uh, Shelly, for the second then. Uh, you're over at Home Hardware. Uh, and it looks like we may have lost uh, Shelly as well, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going through some hiccups here with this uh, kind of new technology. So, uh, Cheryl, can you maybe give some specific feedback about uh, maybe supports that uh, some local businesses have been able to turn to uh, and maybe lack of support in some cases uh, from the federal and provincial governments in, in this time. Right. Um, well, locally, uh, certainly what one of the um, resources that the chamber has uh, provided is a small business roundtable. And uh We've been really excited about the response we've had with that. Uh, just yesterday, we had MNP put on a session uh, for accessing the queues, um, the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy Program. And, uh, you know, we had great attendance for that. It can be a little bit overwhelming when you're trying to deal with your business and now you've got to go all the way back through a year of financials to gather all the information to be able to put forth a good case why you qualify and um, make sure that you're eligible so that it doesn't come back and bite you a year from now and you end up paying back money. We don't want that, of course. Um so that's one of the resources that we've put forward in terms of just local support. Uh, obviously, we're engaging with a lot of partners uh, locally, including the City of Fort St. John, the Community Futures Organization, which has come up with amazing programs to be able to support the community, both with uh, loans and also with um, economic stimulus packages where they've actually funded $10,000 to the chamber for us to be able to go back and create some type of revenue in some of our small businesses locally. So those are two of the smaller um, things that we've put out there for the businesses and we've had great response. People are uh, engaging and letting us know, talking to us and, uh, you know, telling us what they need and we're trying to provide that the best we can. Absolutely. All right. Well, if we can, I think we'll uh, see if we can maybe talk to Shelly again for a moment there. Shelly, of course, the co-owner of Home Hardware. Things have looked a little bit different for you at Home Hardware, haven't they, Shelly? Because you guys have been able to stay open uh, with some new measures. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about uh, how that's looked for you since kind of uh, the social distancing measures were put in place uh, by the federal and provincial governments? Uh, Shelly, sorry, I just, I'll try asking this Hi. question again. Uh, I wanted to hear about your experience at Home Hardware because it's been a little different. You guys have been able to stay open. Uh, you have 
a lot of things that people need and have wanted to be uh, to have in order to you know spend the time they've had suddenly at home maybe renovations of getting work in the garden that sort of thing uh it's been different for you in the pandemic but uh how are you guys coping at home hardware i'm quite stressed hard trying to um deal with the emotional portion of the cope as well as um coming to work every day, knowing that they're thankful they have their jobs, Mm -hmm. dealing with social distancing with the customers, um, minimizing our numbers when we need to. So it's been relatively stressful on them. I can understand. It would definitely be stressful on uh, the employees. I guess from a business standpoint, how have things been? Because, again, as I said, you've been able to stay open while this has been going on. Can you talk a bit about how business has been? As an essential service, it has been good. Um, Change in the weather has increased additionally, customer counts and stuff like that. Um, Initially, we had about a 25% drop in our account, and now we're relative to the last year based on weather I see. Okay. So a little different for you. Um, then I do want to get Brian in on this now. Brian is the owner of the Lido, of course. Brian, you've had to shut your doors uh, at the Lido for well over a month now. Uh, how are you and, and how's the Lido coping in this time of pandemic uh, from an emotional, a business standpoint? Well, it, I think it's a big deal for, for me and for Fort St. John. Um, you know, our last event, was uh, March 14th, and unfortunately, um, well, fortunately for us, it was very, very busy, and then they cut it down to about 50 people, maximum gatherings, which kind of took us right out of the loop, and we had lots of cancellations. Um, it, it may sound not very optimistic, but I believe we're probably going to be closed until September. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, actually zero revenue coming in um and i happen to visit shelly a lot at home hardware because we're doing a lot of the honeydew jobs that we haven't been able to accomplish so sitting back and and being upset or disappointed with with the situation we're in isn't going to be anything positive to us at all so we're looking at this as an opportunity to upgrade and to fix everything and um and give shelly over at home hardware all our money so it's working really really well (laughs) Yeah, so you're kind of making the best of it given a difficult situation. Uh, And uh, I want to talk going uh, right after the break here that we're going to take a bit about how uh, things are looking going forward, about the supports that the federal and provincial governments have offered businesses. So that's what we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. We'll be right back here on Moose Talks. At Panago, we know you have questions about pizza. And right now get it delivered safely is the big one well we've got the answer with zero contact delivery just prepay through our app or at panago.com then get a text or call when your pizza arrives our driver will stand back while you pick it up it's that easy so you can ponder tougher questions like should pizza be its own food group and can i eat it for breakfast order today at panago.com farmer lubricants is taking precaution to protect 
protect their customers and their employees while maintaining a high level of dedicated service. They are staying open and will continue to supply the products that many essential services rely on to keep their equipment running and maintained. To ensure that armored lubricants can continue to supply their customers with the products they need, they will be accepting orders over the phone and over email. They will also deliver anywhere you need them to. To place your order, call 250-787-0415 or email orderdesk at armorlubricants.com. Working together, we will get through this. Rips Cleats has been supplying cleats to the oil and gas industry for over 20 years. They are made by Canadians and are a proud supporter of our oil and gas industries. Rips Cleats in Dawson Creek, a proud supporter of the oil and gas industries. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. We're back on Moose Talks with our uh, business, local business, I should say, in the time of pandemic with Cheryl Montgomery, the executive director of Fort St. John District and Chamber, uh, District Chamber of Commerce, I should say. Brian Kirshner, the owner of the Lido Theater, and Shelley Gallinger, the co-owner of Home Hardware Building Center. We'll go back to you to start again, Cheryl. Um, Going forward, what have you heard from your members, uh, feedback and whatnot, about the supports that the federal government and the provincial government are offering to small businesses? Have they been able to access them? Have they been eligible for them? Have they been helpful at all? Uh, what are you hearing from your members? Yeah, um, sure, I'll, I'll answer that. I just want to go back for one second and reflect on something Brian said. Oh, sure. And uh, it's something... Brian is reflecting that attitude that a lot of businesses are are going with, and that is that we're going to take this as an opportunity to fill some of the gaps of things that we need to get done and, um, you know, invest in other businesses. So it, it's businesses just like Brian's that, um, you know, I'm so impressed with. So I appreciate what he's doing right now. And uh, I think that, you know, in the long run, the Lido will be a better business for that. So good job, Brian. Um, so moving forward about the government programs that are happening, uh, you know, I, I think what happens is there's sort of a delay between what's announced and then when it actually has to be implemented and when it has to become effective. So right now, we heard about the Q's program, the wage subsidy program, probably two or three weeks ago, maybe even a month ago now at some point um and uh you know we're just now starting to apply for it as of monday so now we're just starting to see the impact of well this works and that works and who's falling between the cracks um like i said i've sat in on several sessions in terms of how we need to uh, access that money and who's going to be able to take advantage of that opportunity and of course it's sort of um joined with the emergency temporary wage uh, emergency wage subsidy program as well. So the two are linked together. And uh, I think it's just trying to educate people about um, how to how to apply for those things correctly. So again, a year from now, they're not paying penalties on um, applying for these things incorrectly. So businesses that are planning to take advantage of those programs need to really make sure that they understand the guidelines and take advantage of a lot of the free webinars that are happening and the roundtables that are happening all over the place, not just with us, but make sure you're taking advantage of those to understand completely the application processes so that you don't <laughs> end up financially on the wrong end of this a year from now. 
Now, I, you mentioned how kind of the length of time it's taking between when the government announces something to when it begins and is effective and that sort of thing. Is it too late in some cases? Is that a concern among your members that, yeah, the government's doing something, but they're taking way too long to make it happen? And it, it may be uh, a moot point by the time these sort of measures actually get rolled out and working. <clears throat> You know, I can appreciate that for the for businesses that need cash instantly or who are, you know, whose financials have always been sort of a month to month type of model. I totally appreciate that. But we're we're also uh, have to take into consideration that eventually this money is going to have to be paid back. And that may fall upon the businesses that survive this pandemic, right? So we need to be respectful and do due diligence in terms of how we're doling out the money right now. So sometimes it's okay to take a little bit of a breath and, and make sure that it is working for everybody. You know, I think it's there, there's a difference between um, helping businesses survive and funding in places that, um, you know, need the money or don't need the money. We need to consider those things really carefully in the long term. So, you know, a week or two may, if it's going to make or break a business, we'll have to really see how that impacts and maybe find a different resource that uh, doesn't have a long-term impact on that business. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to consider, and I'm actually really impressed with the government and um, in terms of they are trying to address loopholes in initial projects or uh, funding that they're, they've put out there. Certainly the provincial government is taking into consideration things that federal government are missing, um, which is why there was a delay in some of the rent subsidy programs that came out. Uh, they wanted to see what was going to happen federally before provincial stepped in and then likewise then before municipalities step in to see what the provincial government's doing. Th this is a you know, this is the Titanic, and it takes a little bit of time to turn it around. So uh, I'm appreciative that we're not just throwing money against the, the wind and mm -hmm. seeing where it sticks. So I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll ask you uh, basically the same uh, question then, Brian, as a small business here in town. You have a staff of servers. Uh, I believe, uh, I don't know her title, but you've got like an administrative assistant. And then, of course, you've got uh, you and your wife who run the Lido. Uh, I mean, how do you feel about the government and the supports they've offered? Have, without getting into too specific, if you don't like to, I mean, have you been able to uh, and been eligible to apply for supports like that? Is is that even in your wheelhouse? Well, you know, it's interesting. There's a whole lot smarter people than me out there that are trying to make these decisions for us. And they're not doing it, um, you know, ill-willed. They're doing it to do what the best they can with the information that they have. And the tough thing about uh, it right now is that, you know, when you look at, what are we, 55 days into mm -hmm. into the situation, and and there's people who are teetering right on the edge. And, and, you know, there's a lesson to be learned from this that, you know, maybe maybe the business structure that people are going to use moving forward is is going to need to be changed. Um, it, it's interesting that industries or businesses like mine, uh, which I'll say is like in the entertainment business, pro sports is another one. Uh, I mean, how are we going to do, uh, uh, you know, monetary bailouts for some of these professional athletes? There's just not that amount of money. And when we look at our, our houses, then we look at our, 
municipalities like City of Fort St. John and the province and then the federal and then the world. I mean, this is a big, big problem that nobody really foresaw. Um, I remember seeing Bill Gates 2015 talked about the big thing, the big problem we're looking at right now is not a world war. It is a pandemic. And it's interesting that when we, when we do these bailouts, they're going to have to be paid back. Mm-hmm. And when Cheryl talked about the interesting thing being that those people who survived this, in both in health and in wealth, those are the people who are going to have to be paying it forward. We're all going to have to eventually pay the piper. And so those who don't really need it, I mean, there's lots of people talking about, oh, wouldn't it be really neat to go and just take the money because it's there to be taken. But the problem is that somebody else may need it more. Um, and and to have this this amount of money, just they're just writing checks. They're just it, there's just, just too much money going out, and it's it's only 55 days, 56 days into the problem. Like this is something that I think the access to the money, the access to the to the programs, I think they're doing a, a phenomenal job, and I think we as as taxpayers or we as people of the world need to step up and think about what we can do to help and what changes we can make so this doesn't reoccur. Which it will, because pandemics always do, right? Viruses are viruses. There's new ones every day. Well said, Brian. Um, I want to switch to you again, Shelly, now again uh, with Home Hardware. Uh, You talked uh, again about business is all right for you guys right now, but your your biggest concern seems to be about your staff and sort of the, the toll it's taken on you and your employees who are concerned who you know, uh, are dealing with the social distancing, which itself is a big deal because a lot of people like me have the luxury and the privilege of being able to work from home. Your staff doesn't in the same way. They need to be there so that I can go buy nails and Brian can go buy drywall to renovate uh, the Lido and that sort of thing. Um, Do you think with that in mind, the government's doing enough for people like your employees uh, with their supports if they need it uh, and, 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 and protecting essential uh, workers like you and your staff? Um, our, we've been fortunate that we've had very few staff that have had to be off due to whether it be personal reasons, not symptomatic, of course, but uh, age, health, those reasons. Um, so, our employees have not had to resource any of those um, government connections. Um, they Theirs is more on a personal level every day of having customers maintain the social distancing. How do you bring somebody down to um, show six different styles of screws without sta- standing within six feet of them? Um, so theirs has come into more of their... Um, mental health every morning and um, the coping mechanisms of having to do that and and as far as that goes there is at least that we've seen or we haven't uh, had the need to look for um, there is no compensation that is offered in that sense for them Um, so on their level theirs is more of a personal of the exhaustion of constantly having to say and and i i must say that our customers 99.9 percent of them have been absolutely amazing absolutely fantastic 
know what I mean? We're able to have a certain number of tills open. Um, customers haven't, they've been totally patient and, and willing to stand in. Um, they've been very good to our staff. Um, there's a little bit of frustration when we've come up because we kind of have a standing saying in our store where we go up if there's between a customer and an employee, six feet, six feet. So um, there's sometimes that frustration when people are constantly coming at them because you just forget. You don't. They don't do it intentionally. They just. They just forget that they have to maintain that distancing. And so there's been no resources. It, it, we've been lacking in resources for them to be able to. Um, find ways to deal with that. Like we have our, with our own personal benefits, we have resources that we can go and talk to. Um, we've allowed our staff, if they feel that they are stressed and need an extra day off to communicate with us and request that day. Um, but that doesn't help necessarily when you have a day where you anticipate it's going to be just another day and then the numbers increase and we do a social walkthrough where we'll radio when there's um, what seems like a large number of people in the store. We'll do a, a radio through our walkie-talkies and say we need to do a social distancing walk is what we call it, where we walk the store and make sure everybody's maintaining it. Um, we don't necessarily count the numbers because our store size allots for a lot of numbers, so we never get to those numbers, but it doesn't affect whether or not compliance is happening uh, that's what we do what we consider a compliance walk make sure that it's happening all right guys well uh, unfortunately we're gonna have to leave it there but i really appreciate uh, every one of you coming on today making some time for us to tell us a bit about your experiences and uh of course uh, we here at moose fm wish uh, each of you well thanks for coming on thanks, thanks for, for having us, us. <laughs> You're very welcome. All right, we'll be right back to wrap things up right here on Moose Talks. At a time like this, M&M Food Market would like to remind you, we're all in this together. We know you're worried, but one thing we don't want you to worry about is feeding your family. M&M Food Market remains open during this time and has plenty of frozen food options for you to stock your freezer so you can enjoy meals at home. And, as always, all M&M food is prepared with care. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay fed with M&M Food Market, making real food for real life. Visit mmfoodmarket.com. Did you know you could still shop local for your promo without having to visit a physical space? SJA Promo has lots of ways to provide you with the great service you've come to expect without requiring in-person visits while the showroom is closed. Please stay focused on staying safe right now, and that means physical distancing, which makes now a great time to check out our online tools at sjapromo.ca. Search from thousands of promo items to find the right one for you. You can search for promo items Put them in the quote card and we'll contact you with quotes and any other information you need. If you're looking for hassle-free internet services, call the Peace Region Internet Society today. With coverage throughout most of the Peace, PRIS can get you connected quickly without the hassle of contracts or bundles. Visit PRIS.ca or call 1-800-768-3311 for more information. This Sports Booster is brought to you by First Choice Towing. For all your towing needs, lockouts, boosters, tows, they do it all 24-7. Call 250-785-2271. You can count on First Choice Towing for all your towing needs. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. 
We want to thank our guests today, uh, Cheryl Montgomery of the Fort St. John Chamber of Commerce, Brian Kirshner of the Lido Theatre, and Shelley Gallinger of Home Hardware. Uh, thanks to each of them for making some time for us today. If you missed this episode and you'd like to see it again, you'll be able to see it again shortly on the Moose FM and EnergeticCity.ca Facebook pages. Moose Talks is produced by Adam Rayburn. I'm Dub Craig. Be well, everybody. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. This is Moose Country.
Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.